Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. And so God said the purpose of these gifts, and I want you to pay close attention to the purpose, is for the equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. And as a result, they'll be the body of Christ will be edified for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here's where the rubber meets the road with that, right? If you're part of a church and you're you're here, this is your church, you're receiving from the word, you're being taught, you're being, you know, God's ministering to you in all these ways. God says, well, here's the purpose. I'm equipping you. God's equipping you. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and their purpose. Some might think that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to make people look good or to make people like you. The truth is, God says the gifts of the Spirit are for the edifying of the church. All of our gifts, like patience, self-control, and faith, are for the church to build the church. These gifts aren't for personal gain. They are for the brothers and sisters in Christ. This is how the kingdom of God is built through Christ. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. There are people that are gifted and God uses them to speak and it may be through the teaching of the word. Um, I have been blessed over the years to know people who they just they have a gift, you know, that the Lord speaks to them things, reveals things. They share it. Um, and and I would recognize it as as of the Lord. And so he says, God says, I gave that to the body, you know, and when you look at all the gifts, they should be serving a purpose. Somebody should be benefiting. The body should be edified. God should be glorified. It really shouldn't be about a man. Um, if a person pastors right the people under the pastor that's doing it God's way should love Jesus, not worship him. They should they should know Jesus better. If someone's an apostle, there should be work that left under, you know, that, that they began and established and people that are raised up. There should be a body of work that 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 person is left behind. If someone's speaking for prophetically, people should be benefiting from what they're hearing and, and getting from the Lord. God's giving them insight for a reason. And so. Um, gave some to be apostles, some prophets. Then he said, and some evangelists, um, some people that are gifted in the body of Christ. You know, we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. So every believer is called to share the gospel with people. But there are some people that God says this. These people are uniquely gifted in this. It, it's a gathering ministry. These people are going to be when I I'll use them to gather non-believers into the body of Christ. People are going to be saved. Um, it's a unique thing. It's a, it's a unique gifting and calling and office in the body. But some people have that. Uh, I know some pastors that are just they're pastors and they're gifted evangelists. And so, um, you know, was a guy in San Diego. Uh, um, oh, man, what's his name? Uh, Miles McPherson. And uh, I first heard him just teaching. But I remember I was at Calvary Chapel Downey and, you know, Wednesday night service is about a couple thousand people in that room. And I'm there every Wednesday night. But couple times a year, he would be invited. And whenever he would come, the same group of people were here, but it'd be like a hundred people come get saved. And I was like, well, them people were here all the time. And, and my pastor's giving out the gospel and telling people to come and get saved. And this dude shows up and everybody empties the seats. And I'm like, that's a gift. You just can't. I mean, this it just is what it is. It's a, it's a gift. It's an amazing gift, though, um, that people are somehow God is speaking through this guy in such a way that they're like, I need to get saved. My daughter, Harmony, 
uh, who we raised up in the Lord. We taught her about the Lord all her life. We shared the gospel with her. She, from my, my experience, she was a little Christian kid. But if you ask her, her testimony, when did you give your life? When did you give your life to the Lord? It was at a freedom celebration when she was a little girl and Miles McPherson preached before the fireworks show and she heard it and got it and said, I want to go up there. And in her mind, that's when I got saved. And I, that, I'm like, but I told you the gospel. <laughs> I, I let you to know that's for her, my, her testimony. That's when it all, that's when it clicked for me. And that's when I made my own commitment to I praise God for people with that gift in the body. And so if you're here and you have that gift, May you use it, right? Um, and evangelism works in different ways. Some people are are one on one; they're just talking to people, and everywhere they go, they're leading people to the Lord um, conversationally. Um, some people, it's it's on a larger scale, but God has given to the body people um, with this office. So, apostles, prophets, some evangelists. Then He says, and some pastors and teachers. Most people try to, to kind of combine the two. Um, now, you could be a teacher without being a pastor. But you can't be a pastor and not be a teacher. And so, um, you know, pastor, teacher, we usually combine the two because um, if you're if you're a shepherd and your 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 job is the shepherd's role is is unique, right? God's given shepherds to the body of Christ for a couple things. Um, you tend the body, you care for the body, you love on the body. Um, you, you know, what does the shepherd do to sheep? He feeds, he leads them to still waters, he takes them to the good grass, makes sure they're eating good, drinking good, keeps them safe from wolves and everything else. And so uh, a pastor's ministry is, is protection. You guard the body, you look out for wolves. And so, um, you know, for me, I did high school ministry for many years. So when you got high school kids, wolves typically, you know, it's usually people trying to take advantage of the youngness of those sheep. And so, um, you know, I ran out many a young man that was, I'm like, you ain't in high school no more. What you doing here? Why you still like your teaching? Now, you're going to like his teaching in that sanctuary. They would come back and it was like, you know, you have some young men that were scamming on these young gullible girls. And so that was that was a full time ministry of just weeding out. Get him out. Get him out. Stop him at the door. You know, we got snap picture of him. Get ready by all the guys. Don't let him back in here no more. Snap, snap, snap. You know, and that was that was part of the ministry there. Here is different. You know, uh, we warn people. Uh, we will point out false teachings and things like that so that we're we're aware that we're not gullible, that we're not we're not being taken advantage of. Um, Pastor Clint, you know, um, Pastor Clint is like a, he's like a Bible answer man for you guys that have interacted with him and talked with him. Um, I think since he's been here, I've always known I've always seen him and people like, what, what about this? And he's just answering questions and laying things out. He's a pastor. Helping, that's part of protecting and guarding the sheep is let me inform you with the truth. Um, in, in contrast to the air, it protects people, keeps them safe from the, the stuff that's out there. And so he said, I gave something to be pastors, teachers, uh, teachers teach the word of God um, to the body of Christ that people could benefit from the word of God. They can learn it. They can understand it. And so um, that's also a gift that someone could teach in such a way that people can get it. They comprehend it. It's not all over my head. It's not all, you know, it's like, oh, I, now I understand that it was taught to me. And so that's one of the reasons why we gather and we come together for teaching, that we can be taught the word of God together. And so God said, I gave these offices uh, to the body of Christ, verse 12, for this reason, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so God said, the purpose of these gifts, and I want you to pay close attention to the purpose, it's for the equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry, 
And as a result, they'll be the body of Christ will be edified for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So here's where the rubber meets the road with that, right? If you're part of a church and you're you're here, this is your church, you're receiving from the word, you're being taught, you're being, you know, God's ministering to you in all these ways. God says, well, here's the purpose. I'm equipping you. God's equipping you. God equipping me for what? So that you can do the work of the ministry. Um, so that the body of Christ can be edified. And I think the work of the ministry happens in a couple of places. I've often said that when we gather at church like this, it's kind of like a football huddle uh, for those that, that understand how football teams work. The, the football huddle is, it's, it happens regularly um, every, in between every play normally, unless they run in some quick offense and they come together to get some instructions. There's a leader. Who's the leader in the huddle? Quarterback. Quarterback. He's giving out the instructions, telling them this is what we're going to do. Everybody understand? You got to play, clap, and go. That's kind of what we're doing. We're saying, let's get some information. Let's get built up. Let's get encouraged. You know, you might come to the huddle and, you know, it's okay. You just messed up. Somebody slapped you on the back or whatever. And we come together. We're, we're going to be getting encouraged, built up, strengthened, receiving. But we got to go out there and do the work. And so a lot of the work that we're going to do is going to be out there. Some, some of it's going to be here. We should also be edifying one another. Um, and so... This is where, you know, the, the aspect of unity becomes so important into the body of Christ. Guys, I want you guys working together. I want you guys to, to come together and figure out who does what. You know, what are your gifts? What, are your, what, what do you bring? What do you have? And if everybody comes together and, and we begin to work together, we become more and more and more effective. Um, that's kind of the challenge. You know, you look at a basketball season will begin and sometimes you can take all these really talented men. But they, they say they're not gelling yet. You know, it's not, you know, sometimes you, know, you got guys that have egos. And so I don't want to get the ball to him. I want I want to get this many shots off a game. And so you have all these really talented guys that they should be killing everybody. But they're not doing that well because they're not working together in the body of Christ. That can happen where, you know, God said, you just backed up. That's all these gifts and abilities among us. But because we're not working together, we're not as effective as we could be. Um, the other thing that happens oftentimes in the body of Christ is that people are content to sit and not do their part. We'll, we'll, as we come to the end of the message today, we're going to be taught that everybody supposed to be doing their part. So some people have learned church culture where you get saved, you go to church and you just sit every Sunday. And you check in the I went to church box. But that's like going to a football huddle and then going to the bench and then going back to the huddle and then going back to the bench. And then go back to the huddle again, get some memory. All right, that was good. That's a good plan. And then go back to the bench. You never do anything to help fulfill what was spoken about in the huddle. Don't let that be you. Don't you come to this huddle and go back and sit on the bench. Right. We got to all get up and go do something. And this is the cool thing about the body of Christ. God says everybody here can do something. Everybody here. There's something you can do. Whatever age you are, young guys, middle aged, married, single, elder. God, there's something for everybody. If you're living and breathing and the spirit of God is in you. There's something that you can do to glorify God and edify the people around you. And so we want to begin to tap into what is that? Lord? what, what can I do? What would you have me to do? And I would challenge the parents as you look at your kids and you see the gifts and the talents, begin to encourage them and, and give them opportunity. You know, I, I've, I've been blessed by, you know, the, the frills kids and just their their worship. I'm not going I wouldn't hold that back. I, don't, I mean, I don't, there's not an age limit on, you know, the worship team. And so it's like I see an anointing. I see a gifting. I see a heart, a pure heart for worship. It's like, then, well, we're going to wait. Wait till you get older. No, no. Right now. Do that. Be, be glorified. God now with that. What, what will it look like in 10 years? 
right? As they just continue to flourish and grow and whatever it may be. You may have some little teacher. You may have somebody with whatever they are. Just, just let's give it to them. Let's encourage them now. Your kids have a purpose. They got to use them. If they're sold out to the Lord, God will use them now. God will use you now. Um, if you're older and you feel like, oh, well, you know, I got to give it this. No, no. We need older people, too. You got some wisdom. You know, you, you need to direct traffic. There's some things that, you know, at every juncture in life, we need we need to be available. The Lord is still has things that he will do with us and in us and through us. Amen. Amen. And so moving on. So he gave all these things for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the of of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so here he tells that that, that all these things have been given. Um, that we're to work together that till we all come to the unity of the faith. God said, I want there to be a unity in our belief and our faith and to the knowledge of the son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. And notice the description of children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And so God says, one of the things that, that, that should happen as all these gifts are functioning, as we're walking in unity, God said that you wouldn't be tossed to and fro. Anybody here been caught up in messy church before? Anybody been caught up in bad doctrine? God said, okay, but not anymore. You know, we, we're going to grow to a place where we just know better than that. We're not being tossed back and forth. I, there, when I first got saved, I had seasons where I was, okay, this ain't, no, that was all I knew. And so there was, you know, I learned that some of that stuff was wrong. And then I went somewhere else and it was like, that's not right. And, and God finally got me somewhere where I can get grounded and be taught the word of God and settled. And then I'm able to look and see like, OK, now now I now I know better, you know. And so we, we should mature to a place where, OK, there's, we're solid in our knowledge of the Lord, how to walk with him, what is right, what is wrong, that we're not being tossed to and fro uh, by every wind of doctrine, every. And, and it's the wind. These things blow in and they blow out. Um, and you watch people that the, the little fads and trends come through the church, um, things that you you couldn't find a verse to support them um, in a bad Bible. You know, you just it is this is nowhere to support some of the things that you look on Christian TV. And it's like, where does that come from? What where did that? You know, you got dudes throwing coats and knocking everybody over people <laughs> blowing and everybody fall down and just, you know, and you look at it, you back up and just think. If, if I look at this for what it is, that man is really powerful. That's what it's all about. I don't look at that and think, wow, Jesus. You look at that and think, wow, that guy is anointing. And that's what he'll tell you. Um, some of these guys get done doing their ministry and they say this. They said the anointing is so heavy upon you can't touch me. And they have a they have, I'm, if y'all, anybody know anybody been a part of this, right? They'll keep an entourage around them. You can't touch them because you mess up. The, the, the anointing is so heavy. You guys can't touch me right now. Don't touch me. I know all of them dudes' wives will put them on blast. I know every one of them dudes' wives. Like, hey, he ain't that anointed. I touched him. Ain't nothing happened. You know, <laughs> but but it, but you know it, it. That kind of stuff carries on, and but we should get to a place because this is. As, as much as I look at the men doing it and say they're wrong, I look at the people in the pews and say, you're wrong for not opening up your Bible and studying to show yourself approved 
at a point, those guys only prosper because you're lazy, right? False teachers count on lazy sheep. Whatever my pastor say, that's not how it don't don't it ain't whatever I say. You, you should be able to read it for yourself. It's whatever God says. Amen. And if what I say differs from what God says, then I'm wrong. God says, let God be true. And every man of what? A liar. So if what I'm saying is different than what God says, I'm, I ain't that, ain't, I'm not that important. I don't care what office I have, title I have. You don't get to overspeak God or misspeak for him. And so if what you're saying differs from what he's saying, you're wrong. That's and then, and that, that, what that does is settles us. That allows there to be unity, um, that we all be seeing and saying the same thing. But you got a lot of things that are happening in churches where they don't have to give biblical uh, you know, uh, explanation for it. It's just I'm walking in an anointing and you just just go with me, whatever I whatever I say and be be weary of that. And so uh, so he said that we would all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of God, to the perfect man, the, to the to the the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Then it says, but instead we're speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And so God says that, that we would be speaking the truth in love. And I want you to catch that, right? We're to tell the truth in love. Some people got the truth, but that's all they got. And that's, that's, that's a bad, you know, the truth without love, it can be harsh. And it can actually hinder the message. God says, speaking the truth in love. So when you got to go to somebody and correct or say something that it may be, a, God said, just do it in love. Let love be the thing that moves us. And so interesting because when Jesus spoke about the gifts, um, you know, we have first Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 and chapter 12 and chapter 14. He was speaking about a lot of the, the spoken gifts in the body. And right in the middle of 12 and 14, he puts 13 and he says, look, if you don't have love, it just it, everything is null and void. If you don't have love, you gotta. It's gotta be done in love, or it's irrelevant. And so, um, some people have the truth, and I, I've met some mean Christians, and what they're saying is true, but the spirit in which they're saying it is so so not like Jesus that it doesn't have the impact that it should have. And so, um, it's amazing if you could speak the truth in love, then people are kind of left to deal with the truth, not with you, not with how you talk to them. Um, you know, I, I had a guy at Venice Beach one day and he was preaching the gospel. And whenever I see street preachers, I usually stop and watch. And I, I, I try to in my mind say, if I were a non-believer walking by right now, how would this reach me? How would this hit me? And I, I oftentimes don't like street preaching because uh, the guys are sometimes they just look like they're yelling and they're mad. I'm a Christian, so I'm like, I'm for the message. But I'm looking and I, I was at the me and my son went to a football game and we're coming out of Coliseum and there's a guy out there. And I said, let me stop. Let me take him out. You know, and the guy was giving the word. And, and I felt like this guy was, you know, he didn't look mad, but he was just in, in little chunkage. He was just giving out the gospel to the people that were passing and he would restart and give out the gospel. And I thought that I, I appreciate it. I went over and said something to him. And I'm like, I, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. I'm praying for you, man. You know, um, I thought it was a good uh, it was a good look. But I was at Venice one day and the guy was out there and it was just harsh. I was with my daughters and he was just yelling. I mean, he's telling people they're going to hell. I'm like, if, if, you know, if I'm walking by you, I'm only hearing you for about 15 seconds. And so I'm walking by. I just heard a dude with a Bible yelling, you're going to hell. You need that. And I'm like, that, that's I don't feel drawn to that. I love God. I don't even like you right now. Um, you know, like 
you misrepresentation. So, you know, um, the, the, the truth now that well, the truth is a lot of people that were walking by were going to hell. But is that the way to do it? You know, is that, be, is that effective? Is that going to accomplish God's will? Are people going to hear that and say, then I want to be saved. Tell me, you know, like that's just, just not how it's going to reach you. And so you have to look at that and think, why are you out here doing that? What's your motive for doing that? Make sure that we're speaking the truth, but we're doing it in love. Amen. Last verse, um, verse 16. Uh, it says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's a mouthful, that verse, but he's saying this, that, you know, we're speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into all things, into Christ who is the head, from whom the whole body is joined together. And you get the idea of, of just joints and ligaments and how it just, your whole body is held together, but there's joints and ligaments keeping everything together so that every part of the body is getting what it needs to do its part. God says that that's what I want the body of Christ to be like. This is my body. And I want everything to be joined together. And I want everybody to do their part. And a, a real a, a closing exhortation for us today would be this. As, as everybody here has to consider, I, if, if you're hearing this, I'm a Christian. I've been born again. I've been saved. I'm washing the blood of Christ. I'm going to heaven when I die. God would say to you and he would say to me, are you doing your part? I placed you in my body. You're part of my body. Are you walking in unity in the body of Christ? Are you aware of what your gifts are as a member of the body of Christ? Are you doing your part? And I just want to be clear on that. Everybody's called to do something. Nobody's called to sit and do nothing. Um, someone get born again. They're a brand new Christian. Yeah, they need to sit for a while because the thing that they're to do right now is to grow in their knowledge of the Lord and their relationship with the Lord. But there's a point where we grow to where now out of the overflow of all that God is pouring in, there should be ministry coming out. Uh, there should be something that we're offering to new people that are coming uh, around us. And so everybody here, I would like you to consider um, just as a member of the body of Christ, are you doing your part? Are you playing any part? And if not, that that would be your prayer today. God, show me what part I can play. Uh, show me what I could do to be a benefit to your body where you plant, where, where you place and planted me. Uh, and God will show you. Um, and just, you know, sometimes we just start where there's a need. Um, when I, when I left, you know, the old church I was at, I went to a new church and it was a big mega church. And I was kind of discouraged when I got there. Like, I'm never going to get involved here. It's too many people. It was too big. But you know what? As I just did what was available as it came up, it was, it was a very, in a very short time, God had me all involved and God put me in places where I could use my gifts to benefit those around me. And, and I didn't even plan it. I just was there. And so, OK, I'll help with that. I could do that. Oh, I'll do this thing. Oh, they have, but they, they need men over here. I'll go do that. And little by little, God just said, all right, now he just started giving me opportunity to use my gifts in that place. And so um, sometimes he's like, I don't know where to start. Start where there's a need. There's all kind of needs here. If you want to know what they are, you can come see me, see Pastor Clint, see Miss Monica, see Mika. Uh, we will we will guide you and direct you into where you could jump in um, and begin to pray about that. God, for the rest of my walk with you, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I don't want to be a spectator. Don't nobody here join a team. And want to sit on the bench. I hope, <laughs> you know, like if you join a team, you want to play. I want as much. I want to start and I want as much play time as I can get um, as people that are part of the body of Christ. We all want to do our part. We don't want to be uh, those that are just observing others do the work. 
but everybody here wants to get involved. And so we could all be working together. Um, so I look forward in this new year to many more of us that are here getting involved and that we can work together and see what God will do through all of us together. Amen. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Ephesians, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, Paul explains that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. What matters is that Christ unites us as one. In Jesus, we all belong. Do you ever let differences hinder you from having genuine relationships? Do you let cultures or skin color get in the way of Christ-like living? Paul knew that although differences can be difficult to process, unity is the heart of God. To be one with each other is to be one with the Father. We hope you continue to learn more from this book and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. We pray you continue to seek Jesus in all you do. Thanks again for joining us. And be sure to catch us next time right here on A Transforming Word.